Hello, and welcome to Keeping Innovation Alive, hosted by Bill Nottingham. Sit back and dive in with us as we speak with corporate innovators and founders that are driven to keep innovation alive. Burning rubber, but not fuel. That's the concept behind Land Energy's eMoto. Their flagship eMoto is the district. We'll learn more about that today with my guest, CEO and founder of Land Energy, Scott Colosimo. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, first, Scott, how does it feel to be the first of our guests recording in our on-air-ish studio? Studio is beautiful. Appreciate you setting this up. We have professional mics. We have a sound editor. And uh, it's just nice to have a professional setup. Isn't it relaxing? Yeah. You have all the uh, sound deadening on the walls, so it's super, super quiet in here. Yeah, it's a, it's a safe place for creativity. That's right. All right. So, Scott, you know the drill. First question. How have your innovation efforts been challenged? Well, in the innovation space, probably the hardest thing is to convince people that your ideas are good. And that's been one of the hardest thing over the years, especially being really young in your 20s and coming up with some really big ideas and convincing people that you're actually going to execute. Uh, now that I've been doing this for you know, almost 20 years, it's getting a lot easier to convince people that hey, maybe some of these ideas aren't so um, out there or aren't so crazy. Well, that's great. You know, I personally know your background and since we got a couple more minutes, I thought I'd say, has there been a time in your career previous to land that was the challenge that fueled what you do today? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good question. So in 2008, coming out of the recession, I found myself jobless and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I went around and told everyone I was going to start a motorcycle company. So that didn't go over very well right after the recession, right? It's 2008, 2009, and the whole world's trying to recover. And I went to a bunch of American manufacturers, you know, in my early 20s and sitting across the table from old gray hairs telling them I'm starting a motorcycle company. I need to, you know, have some help getting this going, looking for manufacturers to work with. And, um, you know, that was really, really challenging. So uh, Cleveland Cycle Works actually grew out of um, me moving to China and finding partners in China to help me scale that. And, you know, I did that for 12 years. And I'm sure if you've ever heard me speak before, you know, everything that happens in China, your ideas become their ideas, your IP becomes their IP, and uh, you essentially build another company's um, entire factory off of, off of your ideas. So Land was um, kind of my redemption, it's this idea of reshoring, uh, really American innovation, American manufacturing, advanced manufacturing, and you know, bringing all these kind of school of hard knock ideas, scaling it, learning what works, what doesn't work, and then really transitioning that and deciding, okay, I'm not going to continue to do this in China. I'm not going to continue to give all our IP away and really focusing inwards, focusing on Cleveland, right? That's where the land name comes from. And just focusing inward and building our network here and really doing it where we live. You know, I, I just want to say one side note, you know, relationships are built on trust. And I can understand where you're coming from with your experiences. You know, from our experience at NS, you know, we've been working for about 50 years or so. And I'd have to say, it doesn't matter where the city or the, the country where the suppliers are from. You know, we've got some uh, Chinese manufacturers we've worked with for over 30, 40 years, some have been multi-generational, 
But, you know, listen, it's the Wild West. It's global. You don't know who you're working with until you have an extensive decades of experience. So certainly I can appreciate that, you know, you're moving light speed, especially with land. You need to have partners now. You don't have four decades to build those relationships. So listen, you took the bull by the horns and made it happen. I would like to talk a little bit about today. You know, we all know about the land Emoto in the district, which is actually currently upstairs. But how have you been keeping innovation alive? I would say there's a, a couple different areas we're looking at land. Um, one of them is really embracing the uh, new energy movement and the clean energy movement and really exploiting that for everything it's worth from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, an IoT standpoint, and a, a technology standpoint. And really bringing in a, a, a younger, smarter group than, than I am to understand the, the tech aspect of that. So, you know, a lot of that is building the team, uh, bringing in a, a team who has expertise outside of, of anything that I know. So I, I see myself as really the, um, you know, person culturing this garden, right? Uh, I'm bringing in the IoT experts, um, you know, I obviously have the design expertise and the manufacturing expertise, but, um, you know, keeping innovation alive is really culturing our business and, and putting everyone in place that'll help us scale. That's very interesting. So you're really establishing the culture first. The thing that I've found really interesting about land is it's a vehicle, right? But it's also an electric vehicle to pop wheelies in. I saw you did some video where it was some sort of a motorcycle chopper event. And then here comes Scott on the district popping a wheelie on this e-bike. And I just have never seen that before. Can you talk about how that all came to be? Sure. So the one thing I'm culturing at land is this idea of we're not pushing tech for tech's sake. And unfortunately, that seems like where the majority of the market is right now. So the way we smart started was with a, a cool little e-bike, but being designers and going deeper into, you know, what makes this e-bike tick, what makes it more usable. You know, that's where we really started to get into the usability of the power. And that's where we started getting into, you know, higher voltages and, and higher power. And then looking at what the energy did outside the vehicle. Um, now that's globally, right? That's a lot bigger, but we didn't lose sight of making that vehicle um, have to be a really, really substantial standalone product. So, you know, we're on a podcast. If you don't know what the vehicles, I'll explain it. So we call it the district. It's a two wheel um, electric, we call it an e-moto, but it's really the first vehicle of its kind that can be an e-bicycle, legally a class two e-bike. It can be an e-moped or a full on 500 foot pound of torque uh, motorcycle. And we do that through technology. We do it through an algorithm. But what we saw was the opportunity, again, looking at what brings more value to the market is to get these kind of moto curious, right? People that are interested in motorcycles, but they're scary, they're too big, they're too uh, powerful. And we've started at a very um, kind of basic way to get people into the vehicle. So um, e-bicycle, step them up into e-moto and then keep them interested by, you know, a full-blown 500 foot pound of torque motorcycle. So it's one vehicle that can really transition much, much farther than traditional motorcycles can. So I have to say this, it's like one, one vehicle to rule them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good way to put it. So yeah. And again, that's looking at usability, right? Um, what's more sustainable than having to keep buying new vehicles and throwing away the old ones. And that's really where the battery swap came in, right? Is 
you keep the vehicle on the road, and as the battery technology increases, you simply swipe new technology into it. So, so is it safe to say that you could almost create new entrepreneurs out of gasoline shops where technically they could sell or lease batteries or do something of a generator business? Is that right? Um, yeah, I would say it's slightly different. So we've created a platform that smaller manufacturers could use to integrate directly into their vehicles. And that's the, the biggest tech effort goes into the platform. So, you know, our main focus is really our own vehicles and, um, you know, outside of our own vehicles, it would be fleet vehicles for, um, you know, like UPS or, uh, um, you know, FedEx or Amazon, these last mile delivery. And that's what swap enables. So you can keep your fleet going all day, all night, and you simply swap in and out the energy. So is, is your next vehicle going to be, going to be called the pink bunny? <laughs> <laughs> Keeps going. Uh, no, we already have the next vehicle developed, but we can't talk about it. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Hey, listen, this is, this is great. Um, you know, Scott, this was fantastic. Thanks for breaking in this new studio. You know, it, it's hard to believe this is only our second episode. You know, we've been spending the last few weeks booking guests through 2022. Who's we? Uh, <laughs> correction. Hayden, our producer, has been doing the heavy lifting. <clears throat> Hayden, thank you. Uh, Scott, I want to say thanks. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, I would encourage everyone to check out land.bike or landenergy.io to learn more. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for joining our latest episode. We hope our discussion inspired you to keep innovation alive. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. We hope you join us next time.